expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi. The Ma administration is currently promoting a plan to develop what it's calling free economic pilot zones in a number of locations around Taiwan as a way of testing out economic deregulation that it says will pave the way for market liberalization and increased trade. The project is already underway with some regulations loosened for participating businesses. However, key provisions of the plan have failed to make it past stern opposition in the legislative yuan. Those include tax incentives for businesses in the zones, exemptions from customs duties, and the elimination of import bans for certain goods from China. To help us understand the Ma administration's case for the project, I spoke with the head of the National Development Council, which is the agency that drew up the plans for the zones. Here's our conversation. Minister Guan Zhongming, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you very much. So to start things off, I was wondering if you could explain a little bit about why this is the policy issue that uh, the National Development Council is focusing on. Why is this something that you're uh, looking to promote? First, I would like to say Taiwan uh, has been a market economy all the time. But uh, just like many advanced economies throughout those years in, in its development process, we gradually added lots of uh, rules, regulations, like uh, rules, regulations to protect the environment, to protect labor. So unavoidably makes uh, the, uh, our business or investment uh, environment not as free or as open as we would like. So at the time that uh, our president, Ma, uh, when he run for the, the second term of the president, he brought up this idea about the free economic pilot zone. But at that time, they only have the term, but uh, without real content. So the former minister for Council of Economic Planning Development, he already did some planning. After I assumed the office, and I started looking at the, the entire policy to try to figure out exactly what we want to do for something called the free economic pilot zone. Then the first thing come to my mind is that we've been a market economy all the time, and uh, there's no way we can do something like uh, um, in Taiwan we have another uh, physical area, and in, in there then we put a lot of money to do infrastructure in a way like uh, those special zones in mainland China. Because Taiwan does not really have these uh, conditions like uh, mainland China. So that's something that we cannot do. And after so many years, I also don't think that uh, Taiwan should uh, go back to like 70s. At that time, we used tax incentives to try to attract in foreign investment. And uh, we also um, try to help uh, um, uh, give special terms of government uh, putting certain money or uh, certain investment to help those manufacturers to build up this uh, business. So we, so at the time, what I thought is, uh, what really needed for Taiwan is more deregulation. As I mentioned in the beginning, that's because we, we have been adding lots of rules, regulations here and there. After many years, they actually tied up our economy. One of the reasons that I think we lost our economic momentum that's a major reason. So deregulation would be one. And also, after so many years, we took in so much of our previous success 
experience. We believe that's how we made our economy successful. So it, we tend, government side, we tend to do the same thing like before. So I think the government also needs a different idea. Therefore, when we start to uh, uh, do the free economic parallelism policy, we focus on deregulation and uh, uh, system innovation. That involves two parts. On government side, we need a different way or different views to look at how we manage a lot of things. At the same time, also want to encourage it because of a deregulation. Then the business side, from the business side, they they could also try to do something different, so they can experiment different innovative model, business models. So that's a, the basic idea about uh, free economic pilot zones. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about we're calling these pilot zones? So this means that these are going to be places where we're trying out these new policies, and then they're going to spread to the rest of. Uh, ideally, if if it works out, they're going to spread to the rest of Taiwan.、Uh, is that right? That's correct. Like I mentioned, since we are doing deregulation,、uh, for deregulation, especially for market opening, I believe you also notice that Taiwan does not really have a consensus on this, especially market opening to say some goods. Or even people from mainland China, even for other products, for example, agricultural products from the states, there's really no consensus on that. Therefore, if there's any deregulation related to these things, then I think we need to start from some trial points to see how things will evolve. Will it create a lot of damage, or does it really help our economy? If it does, then that will become solid evidence. That we can try to push to the entire island. When people talk about this,、uh, the way that it's usually discussed is、uh, as a way of preparing Taiwan to open up to other markets and prepare it for、uh, free trade deals.、Uh, right now, you're talking about、uh, deregulation. Can you help us understand how those two things are related? How would deregulation、uh, lead to opening up? For example, in Taiwan, we actually already had a called a free. Poor zones, but there are still lots of regulation. Lots of goods cannot be shipped in Taiwan. Therefore, if we deregulate this, that means we do allow those goods currently prohibited by the rules or laws that can be shipped into Taiwan, and that for further processing, then we can re-export again. So it it, it is closely related, and、uh, the reason why I emphasize so much on deregulation is because.、Uh, At the time we start to do the trade negotiation within the nearby countries, then we realize usually they they put a lot of requests to ask us to open up our market, and that involves almost all sectors. So we need to prepare ourselves for more market opening, because for otherwise when we really enter some trade negotiation, we are not really ready for that. You notice that we we had a, a students protest from March, and now this even though it, it stopped, but you know, the the society, lots of people, especially the younger generation, they question lots of things that the government did before. Therefore, we believe that the deregulation, if we don't do something as a trial point, it may create more to make it more controversial. So not just the trade talks with mainland China, but also trade talk with other country. They could create similar problems. So starting from certain trial points, we believe that will help to promote our policy and also prepare ourselves for further talk,、uh, trade talks with nearby countries or even for the regional economic integration.
So let's talk a little bit about how these zones will actually work. So uh, like we said in the introduction, there's already eight zones that are being worked on around the country, and businesses can apply to get some of these exemptions in the zone. Uh, you're talking about deregulation. Some of these deregulations will would include easing restrictions on foreign professionals, so it'd be easier to get foreign labor working, uh, white-collar foreign labor working in those areas, eliminating import bans uh, on certain goods, and easing restrictions on investment. So just focusing on some of the important easing of restrictions, can you tell us a little bit about how that would make it easier for these businesses to operate and easier for them to uh, spur the economy? First, I would like to mention that for free economic pilot zone, there are basically two types. One is about the physical zones, like free port zones. Another is not really confined within certain physical zones. They are more related to service industry because we want to emphasize more on the service industries. Uh, so for the physical zones that's related to, for example, uh, six uh, seaports and one airport and another agricultural technology park. Currently, even though we have a free port zone for so many years, but there are still lots of regulations. So we want to deregulate a lot of those currently prohibited goods that can be shipped to this zone. Then once you, you have a business in those uh, uh, pilot zones, including those free port zones, then you can send your product outside the zone. In China, we call it 前店后厂. 后厂 means something off-site that you can manufacture, processing, or assembling them, then ship back to the uh, free port zone, then export again. And uh, when I mentioned about the service industries, uh, those business, that's related to those what we call trial points. So they are not, not necessarily in those physical zones. For example, financial uh, services. Only certain companies approved by the Financial Supervisionary Council, they feel that you are qualified, then you will be allowed to do certain business. So they don't have to set up an office in the free port zone, but uh, they can just do whatever they want in their original office. But some other company without such qualifications would not be allowed to do so. And we're talking uh, especially about the, the finance and the uh, education sector, because for them, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to have one physical location. Exactly. Another feature of the zones is that they're going to uh, introduce some tax incentives for companies uh, that are going to be operating there. So can you talk a little bit about uh, these tax incentives and why they're uh, a part of the plan? That's a good question. Actually, I mentioned in the beginning that when we formulate the policy, we already figured that we don't really want to use tax incentive. That's what we used back in the 70s or even 60s. So the tax incentive here, we still have some, but just very little. And uh, the bottom, as soon as you export, and and the the 100% business tax will be waived. That kind of thing. They are already, they are not new. They are already in the special act for the free port zones. Something new is about uh, those uh, professional. If you come to work for the pilot business uh, in the pilot zones, then the first three years, then the professionals, uh, only half of the income will be taxed. So that, that's something different. For that part, we mainly look at it to attract those uh, white-collar professionals, especially for financial business. Even though our business tax is pretty low, even in the whole world, but our personal tax is actually quite high. And so we want to give people some incentive, especially they will come to do those financial services. We want to have those uh, professionals in. 
Another thing is mainly for the Taiwanese businessmen who invested abroad, like in mainland China or ASEAN countries. Throughout those years, they they've been there for many years. They accumulate lots of、uh, profit. They they thought about moving back to Taiwan, but not according to the current law. Whenever they ship the money back, they will be taxed the business tax seventeen percent right away out front. So they they've been asking the government to lift the, this regulation. So part of our effort to attract those、uh, investment back to Taiwan, they they will still have to pay the minimum tax. But、uh, will not be taxed the seventeen percent at the very beginning. But they cannot just send the money back. They have to invest in the pilot zone, and、uh, the Ministry of Economic Affairs will have special rules to regulate what kind of investment will be considered as real investment. Only those classified as real investment, that amount will not be taxed that seventeen percent. So only these two are are new. The 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 one related to free portion, they are something already in the special act before. So、uh, one of the things that I read about this is that this would、uh, help encourage more businesses to try out this new area、uh, and and attract businesses to make these a more appealing thing to start out with. Is that any part of why these、uh, tax incentives are important? Like I mentioned, part of our emphasis is on those service industries, and、uh, usually those people are high paid professionals. So, like I mentioned, those examples. If I want to attract those uh, top uh, uh, professional, say fund manager or some asset manager, coming to work in our financial industry, they will certainly choose to work in Hong Kong. The personal tax is so low. I think it's fifteen percent flight, and Singapore also gives lots of tax incentives. So, in order to attract them to come here, at least we tax them half of their income. So,、uh, give them some incentives to. To be willing to come to 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 work in Taiwan, I know that under this plan, certain industries are going to be focused on. In particular, can you talk about what some of those industries are and why they've been chosen to、uh, take part in in these pilot zones? Since one of the emphasis is on deregulation, so of course we want to choose something that currently being regulated a lot, and also we we check those、uh, free trade agreement like between Korea and EU. Korea and the, the states to see what kind of term related to service industry. Service industry is the most sensitive one. You just learn from the student protests. So we feel that we do need to prepare for that, and、uh, therefore we pick up those industry、uh, more related to service industry, and try to deregulate some of the things that in the past、um, decades that we never considered, like、uh, education innovation. Education was something that we never touched before, right? And financial is easier because that's some of the、uh, regulation are currently added, but、uh, it's already those regulation has been removed. But for international healthcare, that includes those、um, medication and、uh, also education. Those are two very sensitive areas. That in Taiwan, usually people don't want to do any change because Taiwan they usually consider these two things like medical and education. They are not、uh, business, so any industry policy never touch these areas. So we touch these areas for allow them to be more flexible. In fact, in the special act, we also have another thing is to allow those law firms and accounting all、uh, accounting firms. And also architects firms to have a different organization type. Currently, we only allow for partnership, 
but does not allow those corporations for those. Now we allow them to do cooperation within the the economic pilot zones, and we also allow more those investors could be more flexible than what it is now. For those terms, I don't think they really have business interests since you still need a Taiwanese license to to practice. So they may not be related to business interests, but it does show our effort to, to deregulate because those areas were not touched, never in in Taiwan's history. But we try to do this to show, especially to those countries who may, when we try to join, say TPP, we want those countries to realize that we are pushing Taiwan to more deregulation. Even those areas could not be touched before, but now we are willing to try. So obviously, there has been a certain amount of controversy surrounding these plans. I just want to focus on one of the debates that has、uh, been going on recently, focusing specifically on the agricultural products issue. Under the plan, firms will be able to import、uh, a lot of raw materials, a lot of raw agricultural materials from China that are currently banned. So the thought here being that these Food manufacturers will be able to import these cheaper products、uh, and then turn them into something more profitable and then export them again.、Uh, but some people in Taiwan are raising the concern that this is going to give extra competition to local growers, local farmers,、uh, and they might not be able to compete with the agricultural produce coming from China. How legitimate of a concern do you think that this is? First, I would like to stress that. The business that we propose in those pilot zones, I try to do something new there, rather than to create something substitute for what is already there. So that's the fundamental difference. Then the, for the value-added agriculture part, currently yes, we do have lots of items from China are currently banned. But on one hand, Taiwan is always part of our technology in food processing, in lots of things in agriculture.、Um, but at the same time. We didn't really utilize those technology to make it a great business.、And、then part of the reason that we in Taiwan we are lack of lots of raw materials. So if we do allow those raw materials, especially those currently banned, to allow them to ship in Taiwan, as long as we process them, then we re-export and then we don't tax them, then we should have a chance to build up those business based on our agricultural technology. For example, we try to explain to to those people who oppose this idea. Is like, we all have Lipton tea. Do we know where do those teas grow? Obviously, not in England, right? And、uh, we all have、uh, Swiss chocolate. Obviously, cocoa is not grown in Switzerland. Somewhere else. As long as we have、uh, the the technology to do processing, we could build up a certain name brand for some of the、uh, product that we are. Good at, like、uh, those tea products and some other things,、uh, more Oriental food type of thing. But we do require the raw ma- ma- material. Another good example is that、uh, peanut. Peanut from mainland China is banned, but we do a lot peanut butter. So now it's kind of like we import those skippy peanut butter, American brand, but the the older content are coming from mainland China. So applying to this example, that simply means. Please allow us to import mainland China's peanut, so that we can do peanut butters in Taiwan. So at least we get、uh, the business opportunity, we get the job opportunities here. Just remember, we don't create something substitute for our peanut butter factories here because they are not here anyway. Skippy is not producing anything in Taiwan. 
So you can see we try to by importing those banned raw materials, then give us a chance to build up our own business. And especially when we say we allow them to ship to Taiwan, we don't mean to ship to Taiwan's domestic market, but to the free pilot zone so that we can process, then re-export to other countries. Then we can make money from there. So whenever we're talking about trade liberalization, a lot of times there are winners and losers, and people have raised the concern that maybe uh, the only people that are going to benefit from this are from very narrow industries, and this might not necessarily benefit people outside of that value-added manufacturing narrow range. Can you tell us about how this might benefit people outside of food manufacturers? I mentioned about the part called the Qian Dian on-site company then have off-site those factories. Remember, those offsets, they are everywhere around the island. Let me give you a concrete example. In Taipei Freeport, there, there's a company called Dongli Logistics. This company mainly shipping some major uh, components from Japan for automobile. But then they send out to the, those offsite factories to use their components, to assemble them, then send them back to the free pilot zone. Then they will do some customized uh, added things on the car. Then they ship to Middle East and some to the ASEAN countries. The key point here is that more than 70% of components, items are made locally. So we are not talking about uh, those uh, uh, just like uh, 70s. We are mainly making money by doing processing through labor. Like the example I just gave, we are not just making money from assembling them because the content that we are using, more than 70% of those components, parts, are made by Taiwan's factories, and the factories are everywhere. So you can see that it, it does benefit lots of uh, factories, therefore their employees around the island. What can you say about uh, the executive UNs and uh, uh, the administration's efforts to reach out to the other side and, and work with uh, some of what they're talking about? What, what, what is your plan to uh, work with the other side and, and actually get this passed? In the past, we, at least from the National Development Council side, we are always ready to communicate and we are willing to listen. Uh, you probably noticed that we, we did lots of things to try to reach out to general public, and they even try to communicate with those opposition parties. I virtually visit almost every legislator. As, as long as they give me time, I pay personal visit to their office. And also we, we, we hold those uh, forum, workshop, to face those internet groups directly. And uh, in the public hearing, we had five at the request of the legislative UN. After those public hearings, we did not just have public hearings, we actually made the change according to their suggestions. The reason why I did that is because I want to send the signal that this is something important for Taiwan's economy. We really want to push this forward. And uh, if you feel anything that's uncomfortable, you feel anything that uh, should be changed, we could discuss. I'm willing to listen to, I'm always prepare myself listening to any constructive suggestions. So I, I've been sending this signal all the time, but obviously I have to say I'm very, very disappointed because they keep on repeating the same question. Even they spread the same wrong information all the time. Even though I've been telling people that uh, some of the controversial terms has been removed, but they say, still keep on saying about the, like, uh, 
uh, we are going to change the environmental assessment criteria. We are going to allow uh, the land acquisition to be easier. No, all kind of thing. Those wrong information, they keep on spreading this. I have to say I'm very, very disappointed. So even though it seems very difficult uh, uh, to have this special act passed, I have to say if this is like uh, six months earlier, before students protest, this probably could have been passed already. But uh, we still don't want to give up. Are always open to any suggestion. We also prepare ourselves for any kind of change, as long as we can make this idea work. We've been speaking to the Minister of the National Development Council, Guan Zhongming. Minister Guan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for coming and uh, enjoy our conversation very much. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can leave us a comment on our Facebook page or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. This week's topic is a little on the dense side, but I think it's an important one to take on, uh, especially since the zones affect the foreign community pretty directly as foreign business owners can register their businesses to take part in some of the exemptions that these zones will have. So if you're looking for more info, make sure to check out the blog post for this week's episode up on the ICRT blog page. And if you want to take part in the conversation yourself, you can leave a comment while you're there. That's it for this week's show for ICRT. I'm Keith Menconi.